This is Invisible Warrior Radio, and I'm your host, Adrian Clements, Invisible Illness Advocate and Empowerment Coach with Invisible-Warrior.com. On this show, it's my mission to provide you with simple strategies to navigate the various mental, emotional, relational, and existential challenges of living a life with chronic and invisible illness. Filled with practical psychology, empowering expert interviews, and personal insights and observations from my own journey as an invisible warrior, each week we will explore a new tool for navigating this often confusing adventure of illness with more resilience, ease, and self-love. So let's go ahead and get started with today's episode. Howdy, Warriors. My name's Adrian Clements, and I'm your host here on Invisible Warrior Radio. Thank you so much for joining me here for episode one today. We're going to be talking about how we as warriors can redefine our relationship with self-care. So whether you were born with your condition or it came into your life at a later date like myself, we can all get sick and tired of all the self-care we have to do on a daily basis. Where self-care might once have felt like a luxury, for invisible warriors really fighting to live a life they love in spite of illness, it is often like a part or full-time job. For me, it's like a part-time job that takes about 15 to 20 hours of my week just so I can function at a basic level. All the medications, the treatments, appointments, healing therapies, meal planning, pacing, exercise that we have to do, it can get overwhelming trying to remember and implement all the things we must do to function on a daily basis. And when overwhelm appears, anxiety usually shows up too. Our thoughts can start to race, and the stress center of our brain, called the limbic system, starts to go into overdrive. And when this happens, we are biologically wired to have one of three types of reactions to this. The first reaction is what we call the fight response. For example, maybe our partner, our parent, our roommate tries to encourage us to do some kind of self-care. And how do we respond? By totally freaking out on them. (laughs) Because while they usually mean well, it feels like we're being attacked for some reason. And that's because our brain has literally wired us to be on the uber defensive. We feel a threat, and so we are defending ourselves. The second response we might get is the flight response. For example, um, we might be telling ourselves in our head, I know I really should be doing XYZ healing therapy right now, but I don't really feel like doing it and it feels overwhelming. So instead, I'm just going to avoid that um, and binge watch the entire first season of True Detective. And before you know it, (laughs) the entire day is gone, right? Like we've all been there. We've had that happen where we just avoid the stuff that we need to do and distract ourselves with something else. And so this is kind of the equivalent um, in, you know, invisible warrior uh, experience of running away from a raptor. You know, we're trying to protect ourselves from some threat. So we are trying to avoid it. 
And the third response is what we call the freeze response. This is, for example, when we might be thinking, oh my gosh, this list of all the things I have to do to take care of myself today just feels really overwhelming and endless. Um, I'm just going to go to sleep instead. I just want to forget about all of this. And then eight hours later, (laughs) you get the picture, right? You wake up, the list is still there, and we're probably feeling even crappier because we've just avoided all of the self-care we needed to do in order to make ourselves feel better. This is kind of the possum's go-to strategy, right? Play dead and hope everything gets better when you wake up. Basically, what can end up happening here is the things that we are supposed to do to reduce the stress in our bodies can actually increase stress for us. And when you have a chronic illness, stress is something that we really have to focus on managing and controlling because stress can exacerbate both our physical and our emotional and mental symptoms that we get. But it doesn't have to be this way we can absolutely reclaim the relaxing and rejuvenating experience that self-care is meant to be if we can create a really good support and accountability system around self-care. I just released a free self-care starter kit for Invisible Warriors that's really meant to help reduce some of that overwhelm and give you an opportunity to create more ease, accountability, and confidence in managing self-care for yourself. And today, I want to share with you some of the best self-care practices that I put in that kit. You can download your own copy of the toolkit for free at www.invisible-warrior.com backslash resources. Once again, that's invisible-warrior.com backslash resources. And the first step that I talk about in the kit in redefining your relationship with self-care is really getting transparent on what that relationship currently looks like. In the self-care starter kit, I include an in-depth assessment of the various areas of self-care, which include the physical, the mental, emotional, and the spiritual and energetic. So the point is that you can really get clear on what self-care areas you're supporting well and what other ones might need a little more tender love and care. But for now, so you can kind of get an idea of where you are, I want to do a quick rating assessment with you. So you can either write these numbers down or you can just do it in your head, but I'm going to ask you some questions and ask you to rate yourself on a scale from 1 to 10 of how supported you feel in these different self-care areas. So one would be nada, feel completely unsupported, not doing anything to support there. And 10 would be like feeling super supported, like the best bra in the entire world supported. Okay? (laughs) So the first question I'm going to ask you is how well do you feel like you've been supporting your physical self-care lately? So this includes things like eating regular healthy meals, getting enough sleep, going to health practitioners when needed, following your treatment protocol, exercising, etc. So on a scale from 1 to 10, how well do you feel you've been supporting your physical self-care lately? Got it? 
Okay, great. Let's go on to the second question. What about your mental self-care? This includes things like, you know, writing in a journal, going to see a counselor or a therapist, um, being aware of your thoughts and helping redirect them and reframe them when they're becoming overwhelming or you're noticing they're really negative, uh, doing something creative, uh, spending time in nature, etc. So, Where do you feel you're at right now in how you're supporting your mental self-care on a scale from 1 to 10? Go ahead and give yourself a rating there. The next question is on your emotional self-care. So this includes things like spending time with friends and loved ones, identifying comforting activities and seeking them out, finding ways to express your emotions in a healthy way. So where would you say you're currently at in supporting your emotional self-care on a scale from 1 to 10? And finally, let's talk about spiritual and energetic self-care. This includes things like making time for reflection. For some people, this is done in meditation. For others, it might be prayer. Others, it might be journaling. Others, it might be their art. So do you spend time reflecting? Other ways that you could support this area include identifying and engaging in meaningful activities for yourself, helping and nurturing others, engaging in some sort of spiritual community or just close community that you're engaged with, um, and reading inspiring literature and art that you really enjoy. So where would you put yourself on a scale from 1 to 10 in how you're supporting your spiritual and energetic self-care? Now, whatever your rating was for these different categories, that probably gave you some insight into some self-care areas that you're totally rocking at and feeling really supported in, and some that might need a little love. Any rating that's at five or below is one I would suggest focusing some energy towards. I invite you to really think about what that area could look like for you if you were going to just support it a little bit more. What might you be able to add into your life to support that self-care area more so you feel more holistically supported? Okay, so now that you're kind of getting an idea of what you might want to add to your self-care routine to make it more holistic, it's really time to get clear on what your self-care non-negotiables are. So what are your self-care must-dos? What are the things you have to do at a minimum to feel good on a daily basis, or at least as good as possible? These are your self-care non-negotiables. These are the things that you need to be both willing and able to be dedicated to doing on a daily basis so you can function. Now, once you're clear on your non-negotiables, then it's time to create your self-care plan. Now, inside my self-care starter kit, which once again, you can get for free at invisible-warrior.com backslash resources, there is a one-page planner in there that has both a daily and weekly planning section where you can add in your various self-care activities and the times that you do them. Now, you can either print this out and write directly on it, or you can type into the form, and then you can print it out so you can post it somewhere you're going to see on a regular basis. Now, I I recommend posting it somewhere like the fridge or your bathroom mirror or um, maybe your full-length mirror where you're getting dressed and you check that regularly or on a door that you use regularly. 
So you're forced to look at it on a daily basis and therefore hold yourself more accountable to your plan and routine. Now, if you're like me and your protocol changes a lot, then you might want to do what I did, which is to actually print out the planner sheet and then laminate it. Then you can use wet erase markers like vis-a-vis, you know, those like pens that teachers used to use back in the day when I was in school on overhead projectors. Yeah, that's a vis-a-vis. And yes, they still make them. Um, so you can actually use those to write out your plan. And then whenever you need to change your plan, you simply wipe it down and then you rewrite it out with your vis-a-vis. Now, I really recommend the wet erase because um, it's way too easy to wipe dry erase markers off of laminate. So really use the wet erase markers if you're going to laminate it because you don't want your plan to just disappear. Now, once your plan is finished, it's time to hold yourself accountable. And one of the best ways to create more accountability in your life around any goal is just tell someone you love what your goal is and what your plan is. And hopefully this person is one of your big cheerleaders who's willing to support you gently, but they are going to support you and they're going to hold you accountable. So this could be a parent, this could be a partner, this could be a friend, etc., then just ask them to gently inquire with you about how your self-care plan is going on a regular basis. And the reason why this works is just knowing that somebody's going to ask us a question usually triggers us to want to take more action towards doing that. So if we know that somebody's going to be asking us about it, we're more willing to take action. Now, if you don't have a big support system in person, which I totally understand, a lot of us out there don't, reach out to an online friend or a support group and ask if somebody wants to be an accountability buddy with you. Because being that there are over 125 million invisible warriors here in the USA alone, you most likely are going to find someone who really understands what you're going through and probably needs the same kind of support. Okay, so don't be afraid to ask. The only thing that might happen is that you're in the exact same position that you're at right now, but there's a potential that things could change for the better. So be willing to take the risk and ask for that help. Another great way to increase accountability around your plan is to program the times of your specific self-care activities as alarms in your smartphone. Since we usually know where our phones are at all times, right? I mean, in this day and age, they're practically attached to us. (laughs) We can use them to really help hold us accountable. And some best practice tips for doing that include labeling your alarms with the titles of the self-care activities that you need to do at that time and then using a really engaging ringtone. Now, you guys may have had this experience like myself, where after you have the same ringtone for a while, your brain just starts to tune it out. It's really easy to just like swipe an alarm, not even read it anymore, right? And then forget about it. And then we forget about the activity we're supposed to do or what we need to do at that time. So what to do instead to keep our brain really attuned to checking our alarm is to make sure you change up your ringtone like every week or two so that your brain isn't quite used to that sound yet. So it wants to go and check and read the alarm to see what the instructions are. And that way you hold yourself a little bit more accountable and you're doing it in a way that keeps your that fresh in your mind. 
Now, if you're one of those people who's sitting there and saying, well, Adrian, this planning is great and all, and I know I definitely need to get better at self-care for my well-being, but what if I am still feeling a lack of motivation to do any of this? Well, I totally understand, and I have definitely been there. If this is you right now, then it is some time to do some reward-driven behavior training for yourself. Yep, reward systems aren't just for kids anymore. Uh, You guys might have been like me when I was a kid, where my mom had a star chart for us as we were learning different skills and activities to do to help us become more independent. And it's a very similar thing that you can do with yourself to help motivate yourself around self-care or any goal, okay? And as Donna and Tom on Parks and Recreation would say, it's time to treat yourself. Because when you accomplish a goal, even as simple as fulfilling those self-care activities, when you treat yourself, you are wiring your brain to want to do that activity more and more. So you are setting yourself up for success that way. So create an incentive system for yourself. For example, here's one way that I like to do it that makes the incentives very visual and your progress very visual. So every time that you complete a self-care activity, you put a marble in a jar. And then once the jar is full, you get to reward yourself with something that's special to you. Perhaps that's a trip to the vegan ice cream shop that you really love. Maybe it's a movie night watching your favorite film. Perhaps it's a new set of paints for your art. Or maybe it's getting yourself a gift certificate to that massage place where they do it with their hands and their feet. You know what I'm talking about? The Ashiatsu massage. Yeah, that's a hard one to say, right? But it's amazing. It's fantastic. Fantastic. Anyways, it doesn't matter how much the reward costs. These can range from no cost at all to as much as you want. It's totally up to you and what you're willing and able to do. It's just important that you choose something that incentivizes you to take empowered action towards greater self-care. So really make sure you choose a reward that matters to you and not something you feel matters to someone else and not yourself. Now, if anxiety is one of your symptoms that you're wanting to learn to really manage and cope with, I invite you to come join me for my latest online workshop that's going to be happening soon. It's called Three Brain Secrets of Managing Anxiety with Chronic Illness, and that will be happening on Wednesday, November 18th at 5 p.m. Central. And in this workshop, I'm going to show you the link between chronic illness, post-traumatic stress disorder, and the stress response system, also known as why we are more easily triggered when we have a chronic illness. I'm also going to show you the secrets of the brain's stress response so you can cultivate greater awareness to both prevent and manage anxiety. Then I'm going to share with you the key mental exercises that you can use to retrain the body's stress response and decrease the body's pain response as well. Talk about a bonus. And speaking of bonuses, I'm also going to show you how to create a routine to proactively reduce anxiety before it starts. Now, if you can't make it live, a recording will be available. So please go ahead and sign up so you can get access to that free recording. 
And everyone who registers is also going to get a surprise bonus gift at the end. And to find out what it is, you're just going to have to tune into the workshop. So I hope you join me there. And that's it for today's episode, Warrior Friends. Thank you so much for tuning in. And make sure to subscribe at invisible-warrior.com to get all the latest episodes directly to your inbox. You can also subscribe on iTunes. And today's episode has been brought to you by my website, invisible-warrior.com, a coaching community and lifestyle brand for courageous human beings fighting to live a life they love in spite of illness. And a special thanks to Frederico 7 Music, who produced our theme song. Thanks again, and see you next time.